0: We've been in a series for the last two weeks on standing firm. If you would go ahead and pull up that graphic, standing firm. Today, we'll end that series. So let's start with, this is part three of this series, and today we're talk, going to be talking about the helmet of salvation the sword of spirit, which I want you to understand represent thoughts and words. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How many of you have ever been in the presence of a lion when it roared? You won't ever forget it if you are. I was petting a little lion cub about that big. He grabbed hold of my ankle. I said, "I'm glad this ain't your daddy." <laughs> <laughs> I never, I could not believe the amount of pressure that little thing put on my ankle. He was no bigger than that, and man, he put pressure on my ankle that made me concerned that something might snap. And I was uh, in Arkansas preaching, and I was out in out in the country somewhere. They had this, like, reserve out there with all these animals on it. If there's a lock on a cage, and even though it's unlocked, you probably shouldn't go inside the cage. <laughs> I, I opened it up. There was a little, there, there was a, uh, what was that thing? It was a, a jaguar or a cheetah or something. I, and I should have realized, you know, and, and he was about this big. But it didn't dawn on me that they don't get much bigger than that when they're full-grown. So I opened the cage up. I slipped it open, and I walked inside the cage. And I, when I turned around to latch it, don't ever turn your back on a tiger or any cat. When I turned back around, it had perched up on. They had like a doghouse in there that the thing was living in. It was on top of the doghouse, and when I turned back around, he leaped caught me here, slid down my leg, or my arm and my leg, and I'm immediately trying to get back out. He grabbed hold of my thumb, put had my I, he had my thumb in his mouth, and I thought he was going to bite through my thumb. And I had to stick my other hand in his mouth and start pushing on his tongue to get him to open up enough so I could get my hands out. And all the time, my little boy's in there thinking I'm getting ready to become lunch. And I finally got out. That's the same place where I heard the lion roar. That was an exciting day, folks. (laughs) When that lion roared, my insides shook. The Bible said that the devil is as a roaring lion. It means he's like one. But the scripture says concerning Christ that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And there's a huge difference between being like a lion and being a lion. If you don't believe it, just go ahead and act like a lion and crawl in the cage with a real one. (laughs) And you'll find out in a heartbeat who the real lion is. Everybody say, he's more than enough. So it says, stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Stand firm. Say it with me. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm. Say it again. Stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be... Standing firm. Say it one more time. Stand firm. It's important for you to understand that in the day and the hour that we live, we're going to have to stand firm. Playtime's over. You're not going to be able to be in and out, up and down. You know, you've got to make up your mind you're going to serve God. Everybody say, stand firm. It's kind of like you know if you're getting ready to get on a ride at the at Six Flags or someplace, you either get in or get out, you know, or you're going to get hurt. I, and and you if you want to get there, you have got to get in. Everybody say get in. get in. Is the ride rough sometimes? Yeah, Debbie got on a roller coaster in Texas Six Flags called the Texas Giant. It was a at that time it was the largest wooden roller coaster. In the world nearly ripped her earrings out. She said, no, she asked the lady in front of her. She, she, she didn't want to go, and she's feeling this pressure to go on. And, and she looked at the girl getting off. She said, was it bad? She said, oh, girl, that done ripped my earrings out. said, huh? Oh, it felt like she was in a car wreck afterwards. Look, God never said that the journey would be smooth. He just said it's going to be worth it. <laughs> Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, it's worth it. Come on, say it again. It's worth it. I get, well, never mind. I'm getting ready to get on another ride. (laughs) We've already talked about the belt of truth. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We spoke about walking in the gospel of peace and carrying the shield of faith. Today, we'll finish the series with Ephesians 6 and 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Everybody say the helmet of salvation. I know you can see it up here, but I wanted to bring it out. I I, I wanted you to get an idea of what this helmet is for. The word helmet in Greek here means to encircle the head. So this was made, this part of armor was made to protect every part of your head. You've got the metal flap that comes down in the back of it. You've got these side pieces that fall down. Run up here a minute, would you? Jenna, I want you to put that on. How, how he- tell them how heavy that is. Yeah, heavy. Oh, yeah, it's heavy. Come up here. Doesn't she look nice? Don't you think she ought to wear that all day? Just, I'm telling you what, if she wears this all day, at the end of the day, it's, she's, this thing is heavy. I didn't realize how heavy this was till I went upstairs. and so I picked that up, and I thought, man, alive. I mean, it's heavy. We're going to pass this around. No, we're not. <laughs> Thank you this thing is heavy at the end of the service if you want to come and feel how heavy this is you can do that but this is a heavy piece of armor it's made to encircle the head helmet means to encircle the head the word but it's a helmet of what helmet of salvation the word salvation in this scripture in greek means defender or by application or implication defense So if you will, the helmet of salvation is the defender or defense of your thoughts. It encircles your head. The helmet of salvation is to protect your thought process. I want you to think about how many crazy thoughts can go through your mind. You ever struggle with thoughts? I'm telling you that any attack that you've ever been through started with a thought. It starts in the mind, and he wants to protect it. Now, does it matter to God what we think? Does it really matter what we think? Well, let's take a look at Genesis 6, 5, and 6 then the lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts not his actions it said every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and the lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart our thoughts matter to god so what am i supposed that's why there's a piece of armor Designed specifically to defend and protect your thought process. Why are thoughts so important? Proverbs 23 and 7 tells us, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Everybody say, Look, in scripture, your heart and your head are connected. It said, For out of the abundance of the heart, the Mouth speaks, you're gonna find out today that your head and your thoughts, your mouth, your words are connected. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why it's so important that you protect your thought process. Romans 1 and 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature so they have no excuse for not knowing god yes they knew god but they wouldn't worship him as god or even give him thanks and they began to think up everybody say my thoughts they begin to think up foolish ideas of what god was like as a result their minds became dark and confused i cannot tell you the number of people that i have spoken with that have told me well i think god is like i think god is just you know he's he's like you know he's just that man in the sky no he's not a man he's god he's holy he created this world, how. The word of his mouth. So you need to understand how powerful his word is. Some Sometimes we think that words don't matter. I'm going to show you today that words matter. Thoughts matter. that their mind became confused by their thoughts. Do you ever find yourself dwelling on something and then all of a sudden you catch yourself and you say I don't need to go there and you have to start reeling your thought process back in because you know where it can take you listen to what Proverbs 16 and 3 says commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established you can't keep your mind on God if if you're not living for God, commit your works to the Lord. Oh, I go to church every Sunday. Well, bless your heart, so is the devil. It's not about whether or not you come to church every Sunday. It's about whether or not you take God with you when you leave out of here. Anybody can come to church and oh, praise God, praise God. I've seen folks, I, this is a true story. I won't mention a person's name, but I'm a good brother in the Lord. I eased up behind him in a Burger King my car and I was easing up and he thought I was getting a little too close to his bumper. I didn't hit I knew who he was. I was trying to get his attention. So I eased up a little bit and all of a sudden man, he opened that car door, looked out that car. He had this look on his face like I'm going to rip your head off and I stuck my head out and I said, "How you doing, brother?" <laughs> man his face he just melted he just he got back oh oh hi hi and he crawled back in the car thought process man i'm telling you our don't now listen i'm not i'm not preaching to the choir today i'm the choir director <laughs> i know what it's like i know what it's like to have someone cut you off in traffic and all of a sudden before you stop and think about it <laughs> Oh, praise God. How are you? You know what I'm talking about? It's like you, 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 th- there's that instant, that thought. It, it's amazing how our thoughts are developed and respond so quickly. That's why the Scripture said, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Be transformed. How? I got to get a new mind. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I need a new mind. Somebody say, I done lost my mind. I did too, and I got a new one. It's called the mind of Christ. I don't want the old one back. It gave me a lot of trouble. Everybody say, get a new mind. So our thoughts matter. Now look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Look, this is something that we miss. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. What's the writer saying? The writer is saying that in order for you to get what you ask for, you need to remember what he's already done for you and thank him for it. So then you're not asking out of fear or out of desperation, you're asking out of faith because you know he's already done it. Remember that song? He'll do it again, he'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where you have been. Hasn't he always come through for you? Well, he's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. He'll do it again. Then you will experience, it says, when you thank him for what he's done, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, listen carefully to this, His peace will guard your hearts and minds. What's he saying? He's saying you walk in his peace and it'll guard your thought process. Everybody say peace as you live in Christ. We've got to keep our mind fixed on him, but how many of you realize how easy it is for your mind to wander? Somebody said, you shouldn't let your mind wander like that. It's too small to be out by itself. I said, well, that's not very nice. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's just like you can be in church and all of a sudden have some crazy thought enter your head. Has it ever happened? It's not happening now, is it? Okay, good. I want to make sure your mind's hearing what I'm saying what happened man you can be in the middle of church service and all of a sudden you get some crazy thought and you go and then then you catch yourself thinking that thought and you go oh man oh god I'm and then guess who shows up and you supposed to be a christian thinking thoughts like that you might as well just get up and get on out of here you know you don't belong well i also know something else that the devil's a liar and he couldn't tell me the truth if he wanted to so get behind me satan and i'm going to get my mind back on god where it needs to be what about when you pray man when you pray you don't have to worry about that stuff right because you just And every time I pray, one of the first things I pray when I get down on my knees is, "God, help me stay focused on You." I can't tell you number of times I got down to pray and all of a sudden I'm thinking about something way off in left field. I'm thinking, and then I stop and I go, "Where did that thought come from?" And I spend the next five minutes trying to figure out what made me start thinking about that. And I'm missing my prayer time. And so I got to stay. Focus. Everybody stay focused. That's why writing down things you're going to pray about is a huge help. Because you you look at it and it keeps you focused. You you look at that and you're praying about that and then you move to the next thing. You're praying about, man, I'm preaching to myself right now. (laughs) Get me a pad and paper for Valentine's Day, would you? Everybody say pray. When you pray and you stay focused, it will help guard your mind. Now, let's take a look at this. Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Now, anytime you see a writer say one final thing, you ought to pay attention to it because it's the last thing he's got to say about it. So it's, if it's the last thing he's going to say, it's going to be pretty important. You say it, he says one final thing. This is Paul writing. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Everybody say that with me. Fix your thoughts. Fix it on what? Fix it on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise if the things in your head don't fit in that category get them out of your head take time to stop and say god i rebuke this thought you know the devil may be able to put a thought in your head but he can't nest there unless you let him so shoo him away just begin to rebuke that thought and refocus your thought on god That is the helmet of salvation, an encirclement around your thought process to protect and defend you. The next thing that the Scripture talks about is the sword of the Spirit. Everybody say sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is what? It's the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. This sword is a powerful weapon. But just me holding this sword doesn't mean I know how to use it. A lot of folks got Bibles on their coffee table. Beautiful Bibles, gold leaf Bibles, Bibles that have engraving on it. Big Bibles, small Bibles, large print Bibles small print but all kinds of I used to have a bible that I carried on mission trip that I I could put in my back pocket and I'd get it out and go to read the missionary look at me and said can you see that I said yeah I mean, I can see it I don't know if I could see it now but I could see it then all kinds of bibles but you've got to understand just holding a bible isn't enough you got to know how to use it You could give a sword to anybody in their hand, and they could end up hurting themselves. This thing isn't some little small knife. This is a big sword. Everybody say, it's a powerful word. You know, I'd love to just start swinging it and act like I'm Conan, the barbarian, you know. But if you haven't mastered the skill of it, then you're liable to cut yourself or cut somebody else that you don't intend to. How many times if you heard about someone being shot accidentally can I tell you it's because when you when you get shot accidentally it's because whoever's got the gun in their hand it does not have skill using it and so you've got to you, when you go enroll in the service they don't throw you a weapon and say good luck on the battlefield they train you they cause you to learn every aspect of that how to break it down how to clean it how to take care of it why? Because they know that that, whoa, don't tell me the Word of God doesn't carry weight. The Word of God is powerful. Now watch this. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Let me give you the definition. Word of God. Word in Greek in this passage means an utterance. God means supreme divinity so the word of god is an utterance of supreme divinity an utterance of supreme divinity 2nd timothy 3 and 16 all scripture is god breathed given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction for conviction of sin for correction of error and restoration to obedience for training in righteousness learning to live in conformity to God's will both publicly and privately some of us can get it right when we're in front of folks but he wants us to have it right when nobody's around privately he says behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so 2nd Timothy 3 and 16 This scripture speaks to the product of the word of God. God breathed. This is the product. 2 Peter 1 and 21 speaks to the process. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. this isn't just somebody's idea there weren't just a bunch of guys that got together to write I've I've had people tell me oh that book of myths of yours and when they say that the only thing it does is reveal their ignorance and I'm not saying that sarcastically it's a truthful statement do you understand that this book is the most authenticated book in all of antiquities I'm, I'm not saying that that's a fact That this book has been authenticated more than any other work of literature in the entire world to show you how true this scripture is some 40 authors wrote over a period of 1,500 years they were on several different continents and countries they didn't know each other and they all wrote about the same thing now, if that doesn't get your attention, let me throw something else at you. So, in 1948, they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls, one of, one of the largest finds they found was the book of Isaiah that was in, that's in our Bible, except the Dead Sea Scroll, the document that they found in Israel is between 1,000 and 1,500 years older than the document they used to translate our Bible. And when you read them, they are almost verbatim word for word. As a matter of fact, when I read it, the only thing that happens is there's an and that's added someplace, or there's a word that was in the Dead Sea Scroll that actually gave more clarity. Do you understand that's a miracle? What do you mean it's a miracle? Well, did you ever play that game? I could start here and whisper something in Rick's ear and have him whisper it and it go all the way through. And then by the time it gets over here, it is going to be so distorted from what I originally spoke. And that's going to happen in the space of 15 minutes. This was over 1,500 years. 1,500 years, and it was verbatim. You realize how powerful that is? You realize how powerful this is. Let every man be a liar, but the Word of God is going to be true. Everybody say the Word. Look at what it can do. Look at Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is living and active, full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what I want you to get. The sword and the helmet are connected. The Word of God exposes the thought process and if your thought process is wrong this will expose it I don't care how loud you shout praise met God or how many amens I get out of you if what's coming out of here isn't found at what's in here we need to get it fixed because speaking the Word of God is powerful speaking your mind is dangerous how many of you ever spoke something that got you in trouble I'm telling you right now before God and everybody the worst whipping I ever got in my life and I said whipping I didn't say spanking I was supposed to stay home until mom was out of bed. My dad worked day shift. My mom worked nights. I was supposed to stay home till mom got out of bed. We all decided to go on a bike ride while mom was in bed. She was sleeping a little too long, we thought. We took off, managed to get down by the river. My brother fell off his bike and scraped his knee. Didn't scrape my knee. I just fell right into the river. I, I, I hit a root. I was on a path, I hit a route, I grabbed for a limb over me because I'd lost my balance. And when I reached for the limb, the bike did that, and man, I wound up in the river. By the time I got back home, man, I was soaking wet. How many of you have ever heard of a switch? Mom had went and picked a switch and was waiting for us. She didn't give me the opportunity to go change my wet pants and put on dry pants. A switch is bad enough, But when you got on wet pants, buddy, it'll talk to you. Mom gave me a switching. And in the process of the switching, I let something fly out of my mouth. I was just getting over her switching when Dad showed up with a belt. I learned a valuable lesson that day keep your big mouth shut turn around look at your neighbor and say he should have kept his mouth shut go ahead i know it doesn't work well when i tell you to tell your neighbor keep your mouth shut because that you know then that gets intensive but you can say he ought to kept his mouth shut say it one more time he should have kept some of you seem to be enjoying that a little more than others so here's the deal is you've got to recognize that the words that we speak have consequences James talks about the power of words in James 3 we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong in the same way the tongue A small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Proverbs 18 and 21. So you don't have to answer this, but I just want to make a couple, I want to ask a couple questions, make a couple statements. How many of you have ever gotten in trouble because of your mouth? And you didn't learn the lesson of it and you just kept shooting off your mouth speaking out words and the more you spoke the deeper it got till you wished you could reel them all back in and say could we start this conversation over because there are not enough flowers on God's green earth to get you out of some stuff They don't make enough chocolates to get you out of some stuff so you'd be a lot better off not to say it now think about this because it comes here before it comes out here so if I had a helmet of salvation if I had something protecting my thought process it could never get here but when I don't when I let anything in my mind, hey, let me ask you a question. How do things get in your mind? From your ears and your eyes. So you that they are. They're the gates to your mind, to your heart. So you need to protect what you're seeing and what you're hearing. I worked with a group of guys, man, it was some of the filthiest mouth guys I'd ever heard. I'd lay down to bed at night and those words would still be going through my head. And I'd be praying, God, please get this out of my mind. God, purge my mind from this. I don't want this in my mind. Because the mind is too close to the tongue. And I don't want to start speaking things I've been hearing. That's why I need a helmet. Everybody say a helmet. I've got to protect the process. Proverbs 18 and 21, the tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Everybody say it with me. Life and death and the power of the tongue. Do you know wars have started over words? Over words. And so we've got to protected if I speak life then I'm going to receive life but if I'm speaking death there's a grim reaper at your door because we're trapped the scripture says we're snared by the words of our mouth What are, you, what are you doing, Pastor? I'm, I'm, I need to think about what I'm saying. Do you understand? Now, I want you, I want you to get this. I take very seriously standing behind this pulpit. And you've heard me make the statement, I'd rather have you mad at me than God. Because I realize that I have to give an account for everything I say to you. That's something I take real serious because I recognize that the things I say can directly impact your life. And they can impact your life in a positive way or it could impact your life in a negative way. And can I tell you that when I step out from behind this pulpit, I'm still careful about what I say. Do you always get it right? No, but I can tell you I get it right more often than not. Why? Because I've taken time to put that helmet on my head and to meditate on the Word of God. I've taken time to get into the Word and find out what God has to say about it. So when it enters my mind, it has to pass through a filter, and it can't get out my mouth without me first approving it. Think about it. The scripture said, casting down every imagination. The word imagination is a Greek word, logissimos. It's where we get our word logic from. It It means taking an inventory of or trying to reason it out. God said, cast that down. This is what God is saying. You need to quit trying to figure it out in your Ability with your mind and you need to begin to focus on what my word declared about it and what my word declared, you need to speak out whether it makes any sense to you or not. You remember me telling you the story about the warlock I worked with? He looked at me and he said, well, do you believe that Mary or he said he asked me He said do you pray to Mary and I said no I I don't pray to Mary I said I pray to Jesus I said Mary was a holy woman but he can't she can't answer your prayers she's dead she's living in his presence but she can't answer your prayer and he looked at me and he said well I don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God Before I knew what I said. Now, this is what I'm talking about, the sword and the helmet. All of a sudden, I felt something go through me. And before I had time to stop and think about it, before I had time to reason it out, I looked at him and I said, did you vote for Reagan? And I'm telling you, as soon as I said it, in my mind, I was going, what did you just say, man? What is wrong with you? And he looked at and this happened. I'm talking about this stuff happened in milliseconds. And I said, did you vote for Reagan? And then I'm going, what in the world did I say? And, and he, said, he looked at me and he said, no, I didn't. And here it came again. And I said, your vote didn't keep him from being president. And your vote is not going to keep Christ from being the son of God. <laughs> you need to hear what God is saying. It's so important to have these two close together. To have, I'd put this on if I didn't think it was going to mess up my hair. (laughs) If we could, if we could get, if we could get these things, what are you laughing at? (laughs) If we could get these things close together. And, 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 and get our mind protected and then not speak from our heart, but from his word. Amen. The Bible says that a man's heart is corrupt. Who can know it? Who, who can know a man's heart? But I'm telling you, his word not only knows your heart, It's able to change your heart. That's why David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart so I might not sin against thee. What was he saying? He said, I want to protect my thoughts. I don't want to speak something out that you haven't ordained because it could cost me dearly. But when we get our thoughts and our words together, powerful things happen. Listen to Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So here's my question to you. Now, we know that when God speaks his word, he spoke his word. But how do we return God's word to him now? By speaking it. That's why when you're going through something, don't just say anything. Find out what the Word of God says about it. And then when you find out what the Word of God says about it, you can speak it out. The devil will tell you that you're not worth anything. The devil will tell you that you don't count, that you don't matter. He'll tell you all. And and if you, look, don't believe what he tells you. He's a liar. But when he's telling you that stuff, you need to go into the Word. Read 1 John 4 and 10. This is love. It's not that we love God, but it's that he loved us. For God sent his son to pay for our sins with his own blood. Say that to the devil. Tell him to put that in his pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Say, look, man, this is what the word of God said about me. God commended his love toward me in that Christ died for me while I was still a sinner. He loves me. He loves me. Oh, no, we don't have any problem. We don't have any problem walking around going, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. No, no. you need to correct that talk and quit speaking that stuff out of your mouth and begin to declare, I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I am loved beyond measure. I've been, I've been embraced by God himself. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord get it in you get it in you and then begin to declare it out of you we can take this and throw it up underneath our arm all we want to walk around praise God, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm going to preach me some word. One guy got up and started preaching. This is a true story. He started preaching, and it was about that tree that he was going to let grow for another year, and it said, why cumbereth it the ground? He got up and preached that that guy was going to plant cucumbers around it. Why cumbereth it? the ground. He thought it meant plant cucumbers around it, and that's what he preached. Man, you've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Paul told Timothy study to show yourself approved a workman unto God that you don't need to be ashamed but you're rightly divided and when you rightly divide the word of truth I'm telling you there's not a demon in all of hell that can stand against the word of God it's forever settled you don't it's not about you it's all about him in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God would you stand with me how many of you ready to do some damage? I'm not talking about to one another. We do enough of that, don't we? I'd like to do some damage to the devil's kingdom. See, every piece of armor I have is for my protection. There's only one piece he gave me that can defeat the enemy. Everything else is made to make sure the enemy doesn't defeat me. The one piece that's used to save me and to do damage to the devil is his word. So the devil will try and depress you so he can oppress you. And then he'll try and possess you. Don't let him do it. Just tell him, get off my back. Well, you ain't nothing. No kidding, but he loves me. What can I say? You just getting around to that? You just now recognizing that? See, that was your problem in the beginning with. You thought you were something. And you tried to lift yourself above him. And guess what? He cast you out. (laughs) And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm casting you out. Get off my back. In Jesus' name. Declare his word. Speak his word. This is something wonderful. This is called a promise book. We have them in the coffee shop. There's all kinds of things in here. Fear, courage, hope, faith, healing. All kinds of things are in here. This is kind of like a quick draw. Because sometimes people say, well, I don't know the word enough to be able to know where I ought to go. Then you ought to get one of these. You need to get this and you need to read it. Highlight those scriptures that speak to you and then speak those scriptures to others. I want to end with this. We traveled for 20, over 21 years. During that time, I stopped in gas stations and restaurants and grocery stores, flea markets, J.C. JCPenney's. Macy's, Dillard's, you name it, we stopped there. I mean, we, and this is, this is what would happen. We would go in and all of a sudden, Debbie would be going through the store and she would feel something. And she'd say, you, you go ahead and go on. I knew what that meant. She wanted to minister to somebody. So she was saying, so I'd go find sporting goods. You know, a lot of times I would just walk a few feet away and act like I was looking at something and watch. And she'd walk up to him and she'd engage them in conversation. And then she'd say, I have a word for you. And the word she gave them was his. She had committed to memory scripture. When she felt that, she would share that scripture with them. And I watched grown women and men break down and begin to bawl and give their life to god in the middle of gas stations in the middle of grocery stores one lady fell right out on the floor man in front and right right at the entrance of the Kmart. she started crying out to god all of a sudden lord filled her with the holy spirit she started speaking in tongues this is right at the main entrance manager came running up. Do we need to call an ambulance? Debbie said, no, no, she's fine. She just, she's thinking And after she left, she said, I started laughing. and thought, boy, God, you got a sense of humor, man. Just, you know what? I think about that and I think about how people aren't embarrassed to cuss and swear in public places. But when it comes to us talking about God, we turn the volume down. You know, all the cussing and the swearing isn't going to change anybody's life. But the Word of God will. So you need to turn the volume up. I had this little friend. His name was Johnny Presson. Johnny Presson, man, he was like, he could not read, but he could read the Bible. It was, it was, it was an incredible story. He was in his late 70s. He stood about so tall, and everywhere he'd go, you'd try and preach, and you'd have to preach over Johnny, because he'd, he'd finish quoting the scripture before you read it. That's chapter and verse, brother, chapter and verse. I was at a gas station one time, and he walked up to me, and all of a sudden, he go, praise the Lord, brother, how you doing, praise the Lord, and, and when he said that, he'd usually do one of these, praise the Lord, pra- praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, everybody around us started backing away. And he looked at me and he said, they don't understand us, do they? I said, nah, Johnny, it's just that we're at a gas station and they're a little nervous when fire hits. (laughs) How many of you ready for God to use you? So now I, I want you to hear me because if you want him to use you, it's going to require something of you. You're going to have to commit yourself to know the Word. Some folks are saying, I want God to use me, but they're not cracking a Bible open. It doesn't work that way. He can't bring out of you what you haven't put in you. Let me show you real quick. We're going to pray for you in just a second. Let me show you real quick how all this armor connects. The sword is the only weapon that can do damage to Satan. It's speaking the Word of God, but the sword is connected to our thought process. If you're not thinking the right thing, you're not speaking the right thing. And if you're not thinking the right thing, then you're not walking in the peace of the gospel you've already taken your shoes out. If you're not speaking the right thing, then you've taken off the belt because you're no longer standing in truth. If you're not speaking the right thing, you've let down the breastplate because now it's not his righteousness, but it's what you think's right. And when you're not speaking the right thing, You've lost your shield of faith because the Bible said that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And when we begin to speak fear or anger or bitterness, that's not faith. So we expose ourselves to the enemy. But hear me when you stand on his word and you get your word inside you, your thoughts change. <laughs> I'm not the same person I used to be. I've been transformed. Everybody look at your name and go, I've been transformed. I've been transformed. Say this with me. I've done lost my mind. <laughs> i got the mind of Christ. I don't want mine back anymore. My mind gave me trouble. I put on the mind of Christ. And so now I'm thinking, the right thoughts, my mind is protected. I'm declaring the word of God, so my faith is intact. And I'm stopping the fiery darts of the evil one. I'm standing in truth, so I got my belt on. I'm thinking what's right in my heart, so my breastplate's on. I'm walking in the word of God, so I've got peace on my feet. And hear what I'm saying, you've just become a powerful warrior for God. Are you ready? what I want you to do I want you to step out from where you're at come to the front of this building this is what I want you to say I want you to pray and ask God to use you and to guard what you say some of you love God but you need duct tape what are you saying I'm saying we've spoke we, for so long, we've just said whatever was on our mind and it's got us in a mess. So, everybody go like this. Matter of fact, next time you're in conversation and you're tempted to say something, just throw your hand over your mouth. You say, what's wrong with you? Nothing. What, what, why you got your hand on your mouth? Oh, I just feeling a little sick to my head right now. I got, I got thoughts running through my mind that ought not be there. Are you ready? Make you step forward. <laughs> Say it with me. I'm about to get in the Word of God. <laughs> I'm going to get me a Bible promise book. I'm going to carry it with me everywhere. I'm going to hold on to it until I get it in me like Debbie's got it in her and then she don't need that promise book anymore. It just comes out. Come on, you're, you're making the devil very nervous right now. You are making the devil very nervous. Would you come up here in just a second? I don't mean that I don't, Mary. I don't know what your name is, what's your name. Denise says, you just stretch your hand to heaven with me for just a second. Church, would you just raise your hands and love him with me? You went through a process and it, it was a difficult process. But you came out on the other side of it a winner. And, you, you, and, and, and t- sometimes the devil tries to say, no, you didn't win this, you didn't win this. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. Because I see it all over you. That you're walking. Now, Now here's the thing. You need to understand that what you went through was not in vain. God said, I'm going to use it now. I'm going to turn it around Stretch your hands to heaven with me.
1: Yeah. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow your trumpets and shout. Praise Him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way, the battle is the one. This is the way that we are.
0: In Jesus' name. Come on and love it with me. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Are you ready? Say I'm ready. ready. I want God to use me to to cause the devil some problems. The devil's devil's caused me enough problems. My turn. (laughs) And here's the great thing. All I've got to do is speak his word. All I've got to do is get in His Word, study His Word, and then rightly divide it. Speak the right thing at the right time. Somebody say it with me. The right thing at the right time. Come here. Stretch your hands to heaven. I know you've walked through a difficult time. And one of the things that you were concerned about is what I say. How do I say? But he said in those moments don't take thought I'll give you what you need to say your faith has not failed you there is a hope beyond this life we all want to go to heaven but none of us want to leave right Until you get a glimpse of it.
1: Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Pull your trumpets and shout. Praise Him for the victory. The weapons we use are not This is the way
0: With me right now. Yeah, little toko, you share a kise. God, let your word.
1: we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way the battle is a work. This is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, and make a joyful noise. Pull your trumpets and shout. Praise Him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way one this is the way
0: today with a mission that this word is going to come alive inside of us I'm not just talking about reading the word because I got saved I read but it did not I didn't understand and I had to pray for understanding there's a difference between just swinging a sword around and being a skillful swordsman there's a difference between laying on an operating table and letting an orderly come in there and cut on you or having a skilled surgeon come in and perform the operation God is going to use you as a skilled surgeon he's going to use you as a swordsman now keep this in mind because this isn't about seniority hey a lot of people have been living for god all their life and they don't know the word at all this is about hunger when i got saved and i got hungry it made all the difference in the world in my life because when i got hungry i started devouring the word and then the word started devouring me What do you mean? I mean it started eating away who I used to be and it started changing me into a new person. So some of you that are just coming in and you're hungry, (laughs) look out. Say, here I come. I'm gonna get the word in me so it can come out of me. I don't mean this wrong, so I don't want anybody to take offense of what I'm going to say and I'm going to let everybody go. But I'm not really all that interested in your opinion, because I've talked to thousands of people over the past years of ministry, and guess what I've heard? Thousands of opinions. The Scripture says that the Word of God is not given to any private interpretation. The word is just the word. And it'll stand the test of time all on its own. So as we get it in us, and we ask God to bring it out of us, we're going to see God begin to use us. Amen. So get a routine. Getting the word every day. I don't care if it's it's better if it's in the morning, but if, if your morning starts real early, get up earlier. And if, even if it's just even if it's just, you know, five minutes in the morning, get the word in you in the morning before you start your day, and then put it in you again in the evening. If you're only getting five minutes in the morning, that's not enough. So get it in you in the evening as well and end your day with the word we are going to stand firm because the winds are going to blow the big bad wolf is going to huff and puff and if you built your house out of sticks or you built your house out of straw you better be looking for your big brother he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother And say I need some bricks God (laughs) I I need some bricks on up in here so I can build on a firm foundation stretch your hands heaven I want to pray for you father I thank you God for my family God you've united our hearts together and I pray God for each one that you just ignite a fire in them through your word God Guard our thought process and don't let anything come out of our mouth that isn't in agreement with your word. Help us to hide it in our heart and to declare it from our lips. And we'll give you all the praise and glory so at the end of this, we're still standing firm in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Come on, love one another.